MLM Nation, episode 441. If you want to be successful, be an individual. Be like a rhino. Rhinos don't travel in groups. And if they do, it's called a crash, which is a cool name for a group. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built teams to over 80,000 and is now a full-time business coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us right now. Here is Simon Chan. If you want to create online duplication in your business, make sure you check out our free resources on our website, mlnation.net. Not only will you be able to recruit, but you get the latest how-tos and strategies on how to duplicate online. Just go to mlnation.net. Again, that's mlnation.net. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring our special guest today. We have Mark Aceta. Hey, Mark, are you ready to make it happen? I'm ready, buddy. It's a brand new year. Let's get going. Mark Aceta has been a top MLM leader for over 21 years and has reached the highest rank in all four companies he's been with. He's also been a top 10 income earner in three of the four companies. Mark also has been training for over 30 years, and for the last 12 years, he transitioned to a full-time role as the director of training for MLM company that has over $950 million in annual sales. And what makes Mark's, Mark's training unique, and we're going to talk about that on the show, is his theological training called A View from the Edge. So, Mark, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but take us back to how did you get started with network marketing? Well, you know, like most people, I, I, I didn't even know I was going to a presentation. I had a friend who was well-trained, and he invited me to go hang out with him. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. He was in town at a place called Rick's Restaurant on Route 3 in Clifton, New Jersey. He said, hey, I'm down here. You want to... He kind of used a little guilt. I haven't seen you in forever. Come on down and meet me. And I'm with some guys I'm working with. And we're busy doing some presentations, but I'd love to see and have a drink. So I just went down to see my buddy Gary. And uh, the next thing I knew, I liked his buddies. And uh, after a beer, I was like, yeah, let me see what you guys are doing. And uh, I walked into that presentation. I think there were eight other people in it in the back room of this restaurant. And they all got up and walked out like it was a military procession, like they were not interested. And I was looking at them like, what the hell is wrong with you? Did you not see what they just showed us? So I was I was blown out. I was immediately hooked for sure. So what, what was your background before you did uh, you got started? What were you doing at that time? Well, you know, I'd gone to college and got my degree in political science because I was going to go to law school. And then um, my last semester in college, I clerked for a little while in the law firm. And I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. So that was sort of like a bad time to figure that out. So I scrambled and I ended up answering an ad. I ended up selling a cookware china and crystal door to door. Because even then, I knew I didn't really want to be an employee. I knew I didn't want to have a set salary, certainly a small set salary. So I, I ended up in sales, which was the last thing. So, I mean, if you'd have seen me in college, I was a musician. I had long hair and a beard. And I was like, I'm not going to play the money game. I'm not into material possessions. It was pretty interesting. <clears throat> then I got into the real world, and I got in sales, and I just found I loved it. I'm, I'm an athlete, so... 
I wasn't good enough to be a professional athlete, but I love the competition of sales, being in front of a prospect, you know, everything on the line, you, you have to step up and make things happen. I got excited about that. So I did that for about six years, but that was going no place. So on cookware door to door. If you're on here and you're selling cookware door to door, I might go in a different direction. <laughs> I think that's a it's a great place to learn, but it was not a place to plant myself, so to speak. So I found network marketing, and I knew I knew how to sell. So I knew I could. I was selling a company that was selling water filtration products back in the late '80s, and I knew I could sell those. But I, the building a team thing is what obviously intrigued me, which I didn't have the opportunity to really do when I was in direct sales. You said you were an athlete. Uh, just curious, what type of sports did you play? I played everything. Baseball was what my my best uh, was what I was best at. But I played basketball, tennis, golf, you know, football. You name it, I played it. Cool. So, how did you do? You got started in water filtration uh, a company, and how was your first mm-hmm. couple of weeks in that network marketing company like? Well, you know, it's funny because I could sell. So, if you don't understand direct selling of cookware, I. 30 some 35 years ago, I was selling people a set of cookware. People already have cookware. So I had to convince them to throw theirs out and buy mine. And the cookware I was selling that long ago cost about $2,000 for a set of cookware. So that was hard to convince people to buy something they already had that was very expensive. So when I started selling water filters, no one had one and they were cheap. I was selling those. So I, was, I made lots of money selling the product initially which was great. Building a team was not something I picked up quickly. So thank God I, I knew how to sell. That's what sustained me for my first eight or nine months in the business when I was making a mess out of the building a sales team part of it. So what was the turning point in terms of uh, building a team? Because eventually you became a t- uh, hit the top rank. So what was the turning point? Yeah. Clear turning point. So there were a bunch of people kept saying, you need to go to training event, you need to go to this training event. You need to... And I had already seen Tom Hopkins, Zig Ziglar. At the time, they were my idols. They were the greatest sales trainers in the world. But what I didn't understand is in direct selling, you're closing a prospect. In network marketing, you're building an organization. You're building people. And what I spent my first eight or nine months, I was closing people on getting involved in business. And you know as well as I do, if someone doesn't want to build a business, closing them on doing it's not a really good idea because they're not going to sell anything or bring anyone in anyway. So I went to a training and I learned the simple concept of sorting versus selling and, you know, getting people on your team that really see it the way you see it. And most people don't see it. I learned all the basics of network marketing. If it wasn't for that weekend training, Simon, I guarantee I would have never made it a full year in a business because I was I was on empty. I was I was frustrated. You know, I, I, I could go sell stuff anywhere. What intrigued me was the idea of building a team, but I was failing miserably until I went to that event. And then I found out, oh, there's an exact way how to invite, how to present, how to close, how to train, how to get someone started, how to promote. All the things I didn't know I didn't know I learned at that one event. Hmm. So in your uh, before we get into your training, uh, because you have a very unique type of training, I want to ask you my favorite question. So uh, in your, you know, 20, 30 years of training uh, and being in network marketing, being a top leader, what is your worst, worst moment? In this profession, that, 
That's easy. So it took me three. Once I figured it out, I went to that training. I started becoming a training junkie, like most top networkers do, reading all the books, all personal development, going and getting information. And so in two years, I hit the top rank. And my goal was to get whatever reason. My goal was to make twenty thousand dollars a month, and I got my check up to about nineteen thousand five hundred. And I had two people on my team who were really dynamic leaders, but they were kind of unethical. And at the time, I had sort of a passive personality, and I knew they were doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing. But I didn't have the nerve to confront the issue. So the company I was with, being a good company, ended up terminating those guys. But on the way on the company, instead of being honest about what happened, they were like, oh, my gosh, the company's going out of business. It's a scam. We're going over here. So I went from an active team of about 5,000 people to about 300 people. And my income went from 19,500 down to about 2,000. And that was the moment. I remember my mentor said, the worst thing about making a lot of money is doing it for just a little while. And I was looking right into the abyss. You know, it was that moment. And I would, the, 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 I got to tell you this, the cornerstone of the training I got the first day, and it's become my mantra. It's the first thing I teach every single person. I believe that no matter what you do in life, if you follow these steps, you'll be successful, is pay attention, get excited, never quit. Now, pay attention, get excited, never quit unless you lose 90% of your team. Pay attention, get excited, never quit unless you do something stupid. Pay attention, get excited, never quit. So it's easy. I love people who go to trainings and they read books and they can recite this stuff, you know, verbatim. But then when the crap hits the fan, they seem to forget everything. Thank God for me at that moment, which was definitely my defining moment, I was like, what am I going to do? Get a job? I mean, it was my fault. When, when push comes to shove, the universe is fair. You know, we get what we reap, what we sow. And I should have called those guys out on what they were doing, but I didn't. So that's the lesson I learned was I was never passive again. When I had people on my team that were not doing things ethically, I would be the one telling the company about it because there was no way I was going to deliberately shoot myself in the foot again. And with that warrior mentality, the ironic thing was two years later, my team was triple or quadruple what it was when, when everything went sideways. Wow, that's a very good story. Um, and I think being proactive and not passive and uh, sticking to your standards and not letting unethical stuff, because it unfortunately does happen in this profession. Yeah, um, it does. Let's transition to training a little bit. Uh, why do you think most dis distributors struggle? What's the problem? Now, you, maybe you touched well, a little bit there. You know, I think uh, it, it's funny. There's Dr. Charles King, who passed about a year ago, is a good friend of mine. He wrote a book called New Professionals, and he did a lot of analysis on the main reason why people fail in the industry. One thing is they have unrealistic expectations. A lot of time they're given those unrealistic expectations by their upline. So people overpromise and underdeliver. So I think they're set up for failure. But the second reason is. You know, Dr. King believes that upline training downline is just a flawed system. There has to be something else. So in other words, Simon, if, if I'm going to teach you how to play piano, but I'm only doing piano as a hobby, even if I've got a Steinway piano, if I'm going to, which is the best, if I'm going to teach you how to play piano and I can't play piano, how the hell can I teach you how to play piano? It's just, 
it's a flawed system. So whenever you do have an upline or a company or someplace you can go and learn from someone who's walked the talk, now, now I look back at it and I laugh that it took me so long to get to a training because now I'm a trainingaholic and I not only anything in life, like if I want to take a golf lesson, I don't want to take a golf lesson from the lowest assistant pro who's the cheapest. I want the most expensive. I want to go to Butch Harmon as I can, if I can because he trained Tiger Woods. I want to go to the best black belt I can because how serious are you about doing what you're doing? And most of us don't know how to do specialized things. So it, to me, it's absurd to think you're going to be able to be a doctor without going to medical school. So how in the world are you going to be an expert in network marketing if you don't learn from someone who's an expert in network marketing? Mm, good, great, great uh, insight there uh, about the flawed system. Now, how did you get into training? How did you, uh, and t talk a little bit about the view from the edge. Sure. Well, a couple of things. First of all, I became a trainer. I, I was a, a trainer. I grew up in a system where we used events and all the top producers were given the opportunity to become a trainer. So I, I love that. And we all trained different down. We did train our own downline, which to me is critical because then you create a real team atmosphere. It's uncommon, but boy, oh boy, if you can work with some sidelines and really create magic where people understand the trainers are not training them just to make money, but because... They really are trying to make whatever company you're in the best company possible. To me, that's magical. So I was always honored to be a trainer. But it's funny, um, to answer that question, I have to talk about, you know, when when a lot of people have what they call a why, you, you know that expression, obviously, you got to find out what your why is. And um, for most people, that, that's a whole, I could do an hour talk on how people screw that up. You know what I mean? It's like in network marketing, you have to have a why. People are like, okay, well, what is that? You don't go to an interview for a Fortune 500 company and go, okay, let me see your resume. Where did you work? What were your grades? What school did you go to? And by the way, what's your why? People don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And then people go, if you don't have a great why, you'll never be successful. So then people go, oh, shit, I better quit because I don't know, even know what a why is, let alone have a good one. The point being, you should develop a why. You should just be much better at teaching people what it is. So my first why was I want to be out of credit card debt. Then my next why was I want a beautiful new car. Those were shallow, neck, but, but the point is that's what drove me. That's what got me off the couch, you know what I'm saying? Then, though, I learned that that's not purpose. You know what I mean? A goal and, and attaining a rank in a company those are important things, but that's not your purpose. That's one of the things I love to work with people on now is helping them find their purpose. So I was on a cruise ship. I'm one of those guys, an incentive trip. I'm one of the guys who buys 50 books and takes forever to get around to reading them. So I bought a book called Fourth and One by my favorite football coach at the time, uh, Joe Gibbs, who coached the Redskins to three Super Bowl championships. Bought the book, and it sat there for four years. Went on a cruise. This was back in the day, believe this or not, before cell phones. Uh, before you couldn't, no one could reach you on a cruise. There was no, there was no internet. There was nothing. You just be chilled out. What an amazing concept! So I brought this book to read, and I opened the book, and on the first page it said, uh, "Joe Gibbs speaking." Now you know I spent ten years in the NFL as an assistant coach, and I love being a part of a team. But I realized that that was not my destiny. It was time for me to become a head coach in this league. I closed the book back up, 
went back down to my room and started creating Marcus at a seminars. I realized that it was no longer, this was my calling. I'm a, I was a, a very high producing rep for sure. No doubt about it. But what I realized is I could touch more people's lives. What, what gets me lit up is training because again, it doesn't seem now this way probably, but I was very shy. I was very insecure. I never had a date in high school. I was afraid to even ask a girl on a date. So by going to the seminars, it empowered me. It taught me all the things I didn't know. I didn't know all the basic success principles that maybe other people know I didn't know. So now for me, I decided I was going to spend the rest of my life sharing that information. So I did that for a number of years and went well. But then I was like, you know, we're always trying to take things to another level. So then, you know, if you go to enough movies or watch enough great TV shows, you can really be inspired by a movie like Miracle, you know what I mean, or by Braveheart. A lot they, they theatrically affect you emotionally. And I realize that if I'm working with someone and I don't reach them on an emotional level, then my words aren't really going to stick. So we started doing a training called A View from the Edge, where over a weekend we'd act out 20 short plays. And they all had very specific teaching points. But they used drama. They used emotion. They weren't all tear jerkers. As a matter of fact, there were only maybe two of those throughout a whole weekend, so they had a major impact. Some of them would be very funny. They'd all be entertaining one way or another. Some of them would be very intense. But the idea was to take the audience on a roller coaster ride throughout the course of a weekend and hit all the things that we teach them in a basic training that they got to know but they're bored. They drift in and out. How many of us have been in a high school classroom and we're in, we're out, we're paying attention, we're daydreaming? So the idea is if you watch a movie that you love, you pay attention. So that was the idea. Can we get people to pay better attention and really absorb the messages and drive home the most important messages using drama, real intense theatric Broadway style drama to really make an impact on people's lives. And we started doing that in the year 2000. And uh, it, it's been a while now and it's been very, very, very effective. We love doing it for sure. Is this something like the public? Uh, is this just for the company you're part of or is it anyone can attend these uh, theatrical trainings? Um, you know, I, right now we only do the full-blown presentations like that for the, the main company I work with. Um, you know, I've done them for organizations. I do something called character keynotes. Each one of the 20 different skits is a character. So I've done, you know, corporations have had me come in and just do a character to drive home a specific message. So every once in a while I do that. The good and the bad news is the company I work with primarily, my main client, keeps me crazy busy. I do at least 20 live events a year, so not a lot of extra time there. But, you know, it's a blessing. No, I know you're a legend. Everyone's been talking about these uh, great trainings you do. Um, so basically, you take the main concepts, but instead of boring the typical, you make it with drama and emotion, so the person connects emotionally. And once emotion connect, they get it, right? They don't forget it. Is that basically Yeah, well, I... I, I'm sorry, Simon. I think the greatest teachers, even going all the way back to Jesus, they teach in parables. You know what I mean? They yeah. use analogies. So the great speakers, all great speakers, use stories and analogies. So what I do instead of telling an analogy, I act it out. So when we talk about the business prospecting, it's like fishing. 
Well, instead of talking about it, we actually go fishing and we talk about the frustrations you have when you go fishing, the different kinds of fish you catch when you go fishing. You know, it takes a long time to catch a trophy fish. So we act it out. You know, we act out all the analogies that you've heard people talk about. But think about how many people are visual. You know, I mean, when they see something is when they really when it sticks Think about this right now. Close your eyes for a minute. Let's play a game for a minute. Um, the Eiffel Tower. Okay, the Eiffel Tower. You can open your eyes now. So did you just see E-I-F-F-E-L? Did you spell out the word no. Eiffel Tower? No, you saw a picture of yeah. the Eiffel Tower. We're visual. We think in word pictures. So our objective is to teach with those visuals so they stick in your brain much better. So... Again, to me, the whole thing of training, I got over training so I could hear my own voice years ago. I think all trainers go through that ego period for a while. Then I learned, look, there's no point in me training you something if you don't learn it well enough that you can use it. I mean, what the hell's the point? So I get off when my students, when I can see they're using it. The company I work with now, we have a lot of people having a high level of success, and that's what it's all about. If you're a teacher and you don't have a lot of really successful students, you're not a very good teacher. Absolutely. Very, very, very cool. Uh, a lot of takeaways here. And for those who are listening on the show, I want to do a little recap of this main, uh, took a lot of notes here uh, after, at the end once Mark goes. Um, let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about, uh, you know, you've been in a profession for quite some time. How have you seen this profession change? It has changed a lot. I will tell you that with the internet and with, you know, I, I, as a rep, I never did a text invite. You know what I mean? So that's one of the things I do with my trainings is make sure we're always using top field leaders because as a someone who used to be good at it, there's certain things I just don't do anymore. I think the industry has changed really in a positive way a lot. I think the regulators, believe it or not, have helped a lot. You know, the, the companies where you get front loaded with a ton of inventory are gone. Uh, the, the, the fast selling pitch, promising, way over promising people, all that stuff is gone because the regulators do a good job. I think there's more and more of a focus on having a real product that people really have value in, get people to become a customer first. So I, I think the thing that probably frustrates you, Simon, it does me, is when average people have a negative connotation to the industry. And I think it's getting better, but I think it's going to take us a long time to get the taste that people had in their mouth back in the 80s and 90s. Because there were a lot of companies that did some not-so-straight-up things back then. So I'm proud of the way the industry is going, getting consumers and getting lots and lots of customers and being more forthright on what the approach is. And I think it's just going to get better and better and better. Hey, ML Nation. Simon Chan here. I want to invite you to a special webinar that I'm doing about the 10 stages of online duplication to grow your business to six figures and beyond. And that applies even if you're just starting out. So here's a couple of things you'll learn. The key ingredients to implementing a system that duplicates, how to track leads that convert into customers and associates, and the exact step-by-step walkthrough used to implement the 10 stages of online duplication. I always have Q and a as well so make sure you bring your questions and be prepared so all you have to do is go to onlineduplication.com to register again it's www.onlineduplication.com and i look forward to seeing you at the webinar 
Thank you for sharing that. Hey, as we go towards the end of the show, some quick questions to pick your brain. Okay? And these are going to be short answers. The first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Oh, there's a clear cut number one. To avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. My buddy Aristotle. Because for me, that was my whole deal. I was so worried about what everyone else would think. And I learned that successful people don't worry about what other people think. You're never going to please all people. So please yourself. Be authentic. You're going to upset people no matter what you do. So you might as well do what you want to do. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? When I was selling cookware on our lead sheet, there was a little corny one-liner at the top of the page that said, make one more call before you call it a day. And even when I read it back in my early 20s, I knew it was ridiculous, but I did it. I would always make, there were literally days that I would make one more call, then I'd read it again and make one more call and read it again and make one more call. I just became, if you will, a gym rat, Simon. I just made more calls than everybody else. I figured if I'm going to make more calls to set up appointments than anybody else, then eventually I'm going to win because it's a numbers game. All sales is a numbers game one way or the other. So I make one more call before I call it a day. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Watch what everyone else does and then do the exact opposite. Average people are average for a reason. Okay, so again, if you want to be unusually common, you cannot do what everybody else is doing. And as crazy and as simple as that information is, it's true. I learned that 35 years ago. It's a God's honest truth. Just don't go with the flock because the flock is looking for safety. The flock is doing what everybody's always done. If you want to be successful, be an individual. Be like a rhino. Rhinos don't travel in groups. And if they do, it's called a crash, which is a cool name for a group. Um, what's, you know, in your company uh, that you train, what's the most popular tool? What's the effective prospecting tool that most that you teach people to use? You know, we, have, we actually have our own homegrown tools. We have a product that uh, actually is one that I put out called Living in Full Color. I'm sure everyone knows about personality uh, colors or, pro, you know, the, the four basic disc type things. But we do it in such a way where it's not about self-discovery. It's about you adapting who you are and your message to meet the other three groups. It's really popular, like crazy popular, not only within the field, all over the field worldwide, but actually in the home office, we use it as well. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or a favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Oh, wow. I've got bunches. Um, I use WhatsApp, actually. Wow. I do a lot of international business. I'm on five of the six continents and... It's amazing to me how inexpensive it is and how quality, high quality it is. And you can send videos through WhatsApp. It's a tremendous resource. And most everyone I know worldwide uses it. What's one or two books you could recommend to ML Nation? You know, I always tell people the oldie but goodie, how to win friends and influence people. If you don't understand the concepts in that book, you can read all the high-fangled, advanced technology, new stuff you got to understand the foundation. We're in a people business. you got to understand a people business. And I'm a big Steve Jobs guy. So the book Steve Jobs, written by Walter Isaacson, 
the way he thought outside the box and the courage he had to just follow his dreams was very inspiring to me. And here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? All right. So here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, build an MLM business, and you knew no one. So your contact list was zero. You're kind of like an alien that went to another universe. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing or the first place you'd go to build an MLM business from scratch? That's right. Well, first of all, I'm a big believer of the master of the art of living. That's a James Michener quote. Actually, the owner of our company talks about that, meaning master of the, the art of living. You don't know if he's working or playing. You know what I mean? So I'm always talking to people. I learned a long time ago, Simon, I'm going to put a smile on people's face. Every, every human I can come in contact with, I'm going to try to put a smile on their face. So everywhere I went, to the restaurant, to, to the mall, wherever I'd go, I'd be nice to people. And be, uh, I just pay attention. Some people respond. Most people don't. When you're prospecting, obviously, you're never going to have a high percentage of people say yes. But it's just like dating. You're going to find out there's either a spark or there's not. So when I meet someone and I'm nice to them, if they have a good personality and I like them, then I'm going to follow up. And I just say something like, do you keep your career options open? I can't promise you anything, but... I have something I'd really excited about that I'd love to share with you. And I would just do it over and over again, wherever I went. I, I don't go recruiting, you know what I mean? I would go wherever I go that I see someone I like, because I don't want to work with anyone I don't like. I learned that one a long time ago. So at the gym, at my church, wherever I go, I don't care. I'll talk about this anywhere. I'm proud to be in network marketing. I know some people are like, oh, I feel a little weird about it. Why would you feel weird about it? If you were casting for your new movie, you wouldn't feel weird about it if you came across someone you thought would be a great actor or actress in your movie. As we wrap up, any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect connect with you? Okay, well, um, you can connect with me, uh, Mark Aceta Training. Let me spell that. It's M-A-R-C-A-C-C-E. TTA training. That's pretty much all my social media, Facebook or, you know, Instagram, all like Twitter. And then markaceta.com. We do have the personality test for free and we don't sell anything on the website. So that's a good resource. And the only thing that's different than Mark Aceta training is on YouTube. It's Mark Aceta seminars. So we would love for people, believe me, I, I train for one company, but I love the industry. And anyone who wants to use those free resources, we'd love to be able to do it for them. The last piece of advice I would say, Simon, is very simple. You know, I'm a big believer of thoughts determine what you want. Action determines what you get. So you don't get rich with a game plan. You don't get rich sitting here manifest. I'm going to manifest success. You get rich getting off your ass. You get rich making things happen. And that's literally what I would tell people. Don't wait for your ship to come in. Jump in the water and swim to your ship. Make things happen. Don't wait around. Average people wait around. If you look in a dictionary under the word average, it, one of the definitions is at the highest degree of poor. So if you're average, you're phenomenal at being pathetic. Average people wait. Successful people take action. So go talk to someone. Don't tell me you have no one to talk to. That's absurd. We have 8 billion people on the planet. Go talk to someone. How bad do you want it? Last night I watched a football game. Alabama flat out wanted it more than the other team. That's as simple as it gets. 
So have a desire and do something about it. You may fail. Your action may fail today, but if you take action every day with the same enthusiasm level, then there's no doubt that eventually you're going to have some level of success. Hey, ML Nation, I am fired up. And you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you may hang out for Mark Asetta. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and just type in Mark, M-A-R-C, at the search bar in the show notes. And all the nuggets of wisdom that Mark shared will be right there. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Mark, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're uh, grateful. My to- pleasure, buddy. Hey, we're- and thanks for what you do. This is awesome. What a great resource for people who don't have a great upline or a great training system. What you're doing is phenomenal, brother. Thank hey, th- you so much for having me. Hey, thank you so much. It's a ton of fun talking to people like you. You know, we're grateful to you, and I really appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Mark, and God bless you. You got it. God bless and roll tide. <laughs> hey, this is a quick reminder that if you want to create online duplication in your business so that not only are you creating content that tracks prospects and helps you recruit online, but more importantly, you get to duplicate online as well. Make sure you check our free resources on the 10 stages of online duplication on our website, mlmnation.net. Again, for your free resources on the 10 stages of online duplication, go to our website, MLMNation.net. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan, recap review with amazing training from Mark Asetta. If you love it, please connect with him. Go to MLMNation.com. Just search for Mark, M A R C. And uh, you see, Mark Asetta is a world class trainer. Amazing. Love it. A lot of good takeaways here. Number one is, you know, the big takeaway, right? Turning point. Go to events. Go to events. That's when he learned that MLM is not a sales business. It's a duplication business. And it's not just trying to close prospects, but really sort. Now, if you close prospects, you may make some money, but these people are never going to do much. But he learned to sort and use the systems. Um, great mantra he has is to pay attention, get excited, and to never, never quit. A lot of people get excited. They pay attention. But when the going gets tough, they quit. So Nation, I know if you're listening to this, you're never going to quit. Right, stay there. And Mark went through from nineteen thousand, almost twenty thousand a month, to two thousand a month, right? And, he's, and I love the saying: the worst part of making money is making a lot of money for a short amount of time and then losing it all, right? And but Mark, Mark recovered, and he ended up building his team four times. And then the key takeaway: this was he accepted total responsibility, extreme ownership, and total responsibility for what happened. Because when if you start blaming people, you never get better. But what he did is he took responsibility and realized it was his fault because he let that bad activity go on in his business and he caused that. If he had been more proactive and not as passive and stopped it, he w- a lot of the stuff wouldn't have happened, right? Those two people wouldn't have gotten terminated. They wouldn't have taken a big part of the downline to another company. Uh, Mark shared why a lot of distributors struggle. It is uh, unrealistic expectations. And also, it's very interesting. You talk about upline-downline training is flawed. You really, you know, especially if you're part-time, you're new, uh, training your downline, probably not the best idea. You know, I know for me, uh, my upline, actually, who brought me in, didn't do much. It was actually an upline that got me to where I was. And even, you know, he got me to a six-figure level, but really helped me to build a million-dollar business was me reaching out and actually had a coach, a couple of coaches that got me to the next level. So very interesting uh, perspective from Mark, and I totally agree from him. Especially, you know, I know with my downline, sometimes I was afraid to tell him the truth because I'm afraid I'm going to quit. And uh, sometimes people do need to hear the truth, 
right? And but I was just afraid of them quitting and losing that you know monthly authorship that I was too nice and a little bit more kind of like Mark. I was passive to them. Uh, you know, Mark talked about his special training, the theatrical training, of view from the edge, and it's the keynote is you must reach people emotionally. It's so important. Like people, a great analogy, talk about the Eiffel Tower. You know, when he had me close my eyes and, you know, think of the Eiffel Tower. Well, I didn't think of words. I thought of the Eiffel Tower. And uh, what his type of training is, the main point is people act it out. And people remember the visuals. So whatever key concepts you are, if you're just teaching, teaching, people don't get it. The more senses you involve, and with them, he's acting it out. You're getting everything, right? You're getting the music, you're getting the visuals, you're getting the emotions, you're actually acting it out, the physical, the touch, the smell, the, the whole environment. People take away the lessons way, way better. So really good stuff out there. Um, Mark talked about the profession getting better, right? The How the regulators are helping the profession. And I definitely agree because this profession is awesome, and there's a lot of stuff that is not necessary, like the front-loading, the hype, right? And these things are not real products. And I think we are getting the professions growing. And a lot of the negative stuff out there is because of these uh, things that happened in the past. But I think we're definitely getting there. People are definitely more open to the profession. And so that's really good news. And it's interesting to hear from Mark from his perspective. He's been in the profession for so long. A couple other things to wrap it up is... Um, I love the quote by Aristotle. If you want to be something, you got to do something. You got to say something, and you're going to get some rejection, right? Really good, really good stuff. You can't be afraid of that. There are going to be haters that don't agree with what you do, don't support you, but there will be a lot of people that you'll be a hero that you can make a huge impact in this world. Mark said, make one more call before you call it the end of the day. And when he said that, totally brings up memories when, you know, I'm not a phone person, but I used to have the date. I had a five year date. Uh, the date was November 14th, 2008. That reminded me I was going to hit six figures uh, in five years. And I didn't have, you know, I, I wasn't making six figures in one year. I just want six figures passive income five years. And I was like, until I hit that date, I want to make one extra call. And I'm not going to quit. And I had it on my phone. And uh, every time I didn't make a, want to make a call, I just looked at my phone. And then if I looked at my phone, boom, that date will make, hey, Simon, make that one extra call. Because you never, never know. You know, not to take a tangent, but one of my top leaders that helped me build a huge, you know, that led to over 60,000 people, just one person, happened to be one extra call that ended up meeting at almost midnight. I think it was 11.30 midnight in Los Angeles. And that led to 60,000. Okay? Crazy to think on a Saturday night to do a meeting that late. But hey, was it worth it? Totally worth it. Make that one extra call. You never, never know. Also, great advice is if you want to be successful, just do the opposite. Look at everyone else does and do the opposite. Be that purple cow. Do the opposite. Don't go with the flock. And million dollar question, just master the art of living. Smile. Put a smile on everyone's face. Make everyone feel good. Right? And uh, you got to take action. Jump. You know, successful people, they don't wait for the ship. They jump in the water and go to the ship. You know, average people wait around, successful people take action. And Emily, I know after the show, you are going to take action because you have a purpose, you have a vision to make a huge impact on other people. It's not just about you. And so take action, go out there. Thank you again for listening. If you love this, please leave a review on iTunes. Really appreciate it. And go take action because remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today. 
Now head over to MLMNation.net for valuable recaps of every show and also to get your free training resource on how to use online duplication to grow your business. Thanks again for being a part of this amazing profession. 